Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we are bringing you five, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, yes, five. Nice, nice counting awesome. skills. I, I know, once again. I'm basically the count, you know? I'm uh, my Okay, you made me feel a little bit better by telling me that I was smart a second ago, but mm-hmm. See, there you go. Nah. Nah. Let's boost that ego just a little bit. But before we get into any of those news stories, I'd like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, big Josh Boy? I'm doing well. It's really, uh, really strange to hear the new, the new name. Oh, I, I know. Like... <laughs> yeah, I had to go through and like, so I had totally forgotten to actually change the name in all the documents we yeah. have. Yeah. Especially the ones that I have written out for like uh, the intro news cram and everything. So I almost accidentally read it the wrong way. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When I first heard it, I was like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> I was very confused. You're like, when did you change the name and you did not tell me? Wow. But here we are, IndiePod, new name, new logo, new phone, who dis? You know how it goes. Yeah, and it, everything's looking good. We've gained a couple followers, oh, which shit. is surprising. People have seemed to enjoy the new name. Okay, so I also have to ask you about this. Okay. In our new name announcement, we mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. several different... Uh, let me actually pull up our Twitter. We some got them, several. Yeah, some of them were pretty interesting. If you're talking about the names for yes. our little guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. The name for our new mascot. We've got a bunch of them, and man, <laughs> some of them are real good, and some of them are just not. So let's talk about this <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, Samuel Fillion says you should call it Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You can fuck right off, just, Sam. I think he just wanted you to say that. <laughs> I definitely think he did, because then he says, Indy Jeff or Indiana Jones alien brother. No, it's just Indy Jeff, Indiana Jones alien brother. Okay, that's interesting. Not bad, not bad. I wonder why <laughs> Jeff came up, but okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like he had to choose a J, so he I was like, so. Jeff is close to Jones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah but maybe. I mean, his first name is Indiana, so... <laughs> Okay. Close enough. Uh, we've got Chris Penwell writes in Goose. I mean, that's a good one. That's like Just a throwback Goose. to Top Gun. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, Robert from the Classic Gaming Podcast says he votes. We name him Cursion to retain the part of your history, or Kurt if Cursion is too dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. 
Christian does sound like a dumb name. <laughs> Who would pick that in their right minds? <laughs> I know, right? It's not like I, I did. Um, so, <laughs> uh, thank you, by the way, for shouting out Zoe. Uh, Chase brought that up that I did not actually say who who did that and I was like oh yeah I think it's because I was running out of characters like by the time mm. I tweeted all that out I only had like two characters left so I couldn't really say anything but yes this uh, our sweet little mascot here was created by Zoe Dolman a friend of mine she's a writer for Parallax make sure you check out her stuff you can follow her uh, at Zoe underscore Dolman on Twitter um, and our indie pod and indie games podcast graphic was actually made in by frequent contributor Chase Hopkins. Thank you uh, for doing that one. Okay, I have to say these next two, yeah. they're my jam, dude. I like these okay. next two. Okay. So John writes in and says, Podnot. Love the new branding. I really like Podnot. I think Podnot's that pretty good. So I like cool. It. Yeah. And then Josh Nichols writes in and says, Space Boy. But with an I instead of a Y. I mean, that's yeah. some good shit right there. You got to okay. go with the good boys. Yeah, that's a good one. And then Arrow wrote in and just said, was his name already taken? No, it wasn't. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 and Chase writes in, it says Alejandro. That's what, He thought it was so funny that he said Alejandro. He laughed for like an entire day at work. That is... He wrote in Alejandro. <laughs> all right i mean i don't understand why but sure yeah he thought it was so outrageously funny so for me i like podnot and i like space boy okay Mm. because those are obviously sticking to the kind of like astronaut-esque theme Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. one of them includes the boy so yeah (laughs) i I like both of them i can't argue with that which one would you say is your favorite? Is My it supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? Ooh, I mean, it, it was tough at first, but uh, I kind of moved away from that after a while. Uh, I'm leaning more towards Space Boy. But then again, from like a name perspective, probably would want to be Podnot. I don't know. See, the interesting thing was, I was thinking that, uh, I was like, if we call it Podnot, I mean, we could also say that our fans are called Podnots or Space Boys. But then I was like, mm. that that's kind of like a gender thing, so I don't want to do the Space Boys yeah. kind of a thing. But Podnots, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool, okay? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that one. I like that a lot. All right. Well, let's do Podnots. I'm down for it. Boom. Podnot it is. I'm All excited. Right. <laughs> this is going to be great. I am, by the way, I, I want to let everybody know that I am making t-shirts, okay? Yeah, I Technically, saw it. I yeah, got a sneak te- peek. It was, uh, it's looking pretty nice. Yeah, I have made it, but I, I'm i not tweeting out the links to it or anything or making it easy to find until I get my sample because mm-hmm. I, I purchased one. It's coming to me, I believe, technically like the day after we record this, so if it looks good... I'm going to make sure I send it out to everybody because it looks pretty cool. And I like Fancy. it. I also made it super cheap so that anybody who likes the podcast could get into it. Also, Teespring charges you like a mandatory like four or above dollars shipping Damn. no matter what. <laughs> that sucks. That's really annoying. Oh, and I also made stickers as well. But that's <laughs> also something that I'll probably have to sample before I send out links for it. But we do have some new merch coming up. Don't worry. It looks pretty cool. But... I want to ask you a question, Big Josh Boy. I know we already kind of got off on the rails here, but uh, I got to ask you a question. All right, let's do it. So you also live in an apartment. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any animals? Nope. 
Ah, uh, see, you're not gonna, you're not really gonna relate to this. Maybe like a childhood thing. I okay, mean, so I kind of do. Like I have. Okay, so we have this weird joint custody thing. Are you gonna say you have a lizard? No, no, I have a dog. So we have a dog, but it's like a family dog, and we do this weird joint custody thing where, like, on the weekends we get the dog. I don't know. It's kind of like uh, having, you know, breaking up with your parents, um, and as the weirdest having, way. Like you know, like it's like the like a divorce. Like you know, you keep yeah, the kids gotcha. on the weekends, you know, but it's just the dog. Yeah, you've got joint custody. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, so, seemingly so the you're there. the shitty parent who only gets the weekends then. Yeah, but I'm the fun one. You know what I'm talking That's about? That's true. Yeah, you get them on the cool days and they don't have homework and they get to hang out with their friends. That's you what get I'm to, saying. You All get to hang friends. out. Yeah. Uh, so I I live in an apartment and we mm-hmm. have this very large sliding glass door in our bedroom, in our master bedroom. With kind of like those annoying blinds that just hang there. They're not like cloth blinds. They're plastic ones. Yep. Where you can like, yeah, you can turn the thing and it opens so Mm -hmm. you can get sunlight in. So my cats really, really love to fuck in those blinds. Not not literally fuck. They like like, to fuck around in those blinds. I I have two boy cats. So Uh, I mean, mean, that's okay. I'm going to say something right now also. And we don't need to dig into this, but I don't understand how cats have sex. Their penises are in such weird places. It doesn't make any sense. They're also it's like so spiked weird. and shit. Yeah, pretty, they have barbed penises. It's pretty awful for the females. That's terrifying. It's just like when you found out that fucking, I mean, I don't know if you found this out, but the ducks have penises the shaped like corkscrews. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so crazy. But my cats like to mess around in the blinds a lot. It's not really an issue until two different times. One, when I'm trying to sleep and I think I'm about to get fucking murdered. And two, when I just get out of the shower and I'm trying to put on my underwear and my little baby cat, Nyanta. Yes, that is a reference to Log Horizon. Thank you for anybody who noticed. Of course. Yes, naturally. He runs through the blinds and I'm so afraid that somebody's going to see my dick. I mean. And like I'm not I'm not afraid in like like a oh I don't want anybody to see my dick thing. It's just like I don't want to like fucking, you know, I don't I'm not trying to Louis CK anybody. Like <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to put on my underwear here. I'm pretty you know sure I mean? you'll be okay. <laughs> like it legitimately I mean, kinda, terrifies me. It's kind of their fault for just looking into the blinds and expecting, you know, not to see someone doing their own business in their own it's house. It's just like, it's a large sliding glass door, and across the way, they have the same thing. Hmm. So, like, if they're looking out their sliding glass door into my sliding glass door, they might see my dong. How crazy would it be if I looked over? We are both are naked dongs. Hmm. Are you talking about just, like, me lock you? eyes. Because that would be weird. I mean, hey, dude, since <laughs> we're moving to Idaho anyway, you want to move into my apartment complex? <laughs> Not moving to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it's just, it. I'm so terrified of it. I'm also so terrified, like, so my bathroom faces this window as well. And I, like, walk in to go to the bathroom. Um, and I don't, like, lock the door or anything when I'm just going pee, when I'm dropping a deuce. Of course I do, because... <laughs> My fiance is a crazy person and always tries to walk in on me like a freaking psychopath. But the worst. Yeah, I'll try go and pee, and then she will also walk in on me to just like talk to me or just do something in the bathroom. And I'm like, shut the fucking door. 
and I, I say this multiple times to her. I'm just like, I, I'm not trying to become a sex offender. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to show anybody my dong right now. So please don't. <laughs> it's just, it's something I'm legitimately terrified of. You are way too nervous about too many things. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, just constant fear in my life, I guess. I'm the total opposite with that kind of shit. In my house, like I have the same thing where we have a giant sliding glass door. And I'll walk out when I have to take a shower. I'll walk out like naked sometimes to talk to my wife before like I jump in. And I'll like open the blinds. The blinds will be open, like completely open. She's like, what are you doing? And I'll be like, whatever, man, it's my house. If they want to see my dick, like this is my space. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I remember like when I was a kid, there was like an like my uh, my cousins lived and had a neighbor who got dressed like in front of an open window. It was like, it was a woman, an attractive woman, Uh-oh. and she like got dressed just, I mean, she was like nude and then got dressed in front of a window. And then like, I don't know, it was just some weird shit that happened. Like, yeah, it's just so odd. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever have that kind of body confidence. I mean. Where I'm just like, look at me. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to have confidence. Just don't care about, like, it's your own home. It's your home. You could be naked in your own home if you want to. It's I'm also kind fault. of a never nude. I'm not a big fan oh, of like being never naked. nude. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Well, I don't know. I don't like being naked to just be naked, but like I don't really care about it. But otherwise, I at least want something. Like I like to at least have pants on. I don't like having shirts, but I like having you know at least boxers or something on. Oh, I do it all. I gotta put a shirt on and everything because I don't oh. like cold surfaces against my back. Uh, as well yeah no i i get that i get that it depends because lately we've been cranking the ac and so i'm always like it's kind of weird we live in florida but i'm constantly wearing a hoodie and like sweatpants because the ac is just so low um but it's super nice but otherwise if the ac is not low i'm just never shirt (laughs) did you know in idaho we have seasons so you wouldn't have to crank the ac all the time Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah right i'm okay there's just so many reasons to move to idaho i'm not going to idaho Being that you should tell me about Yakuza Zero, okay? Wow, let's, the transition. Let's hear about this game. I Woo, know I'm so how good. How does he do him? How does he do him, folks? <laughs> he is a mastermind. Hey, we only talked about that shit for 12 minutes. I feel proud of myself. I mean, all right. Uh, okay, yeah. So, so I decided to go on a Xbox Game Pass binge this week. Um, playing two games. The first is Yakuza Zero. Um, if you're not familiar with the Yakuza series, uh, neither am I, so I'm not going to give you the best description of it. Um, but since it's zero, I assume this would be a good one to start with. Also, it's free on Xbox Game Pass, technically free if you're paying for the subscription, but technically $5 a month. Um, and so I've heard a lot about this. I've heard many people uh, praise the Yakuza series, uh, the story for it being one of the main points and just you know fun kind of beat em up combat so i thought oh this would be something that i like and i got into it and i'm i'm really digging the story it's basically you're uh, a yakuza which is like a family member kind of like a mob um you're part of that family and you get framed for murdering someone you ended up beating them up you didn't murder them but then someone came to that same spot and murdered them and you get you know framed for it so you're trying to find out who this person is because there's all of this craziness going in the mob family of trying to to find uh find this specific spot of land that the person was killed on and it's going for a lot of money now but now it's under watch because you know there was a 
a murder there. So it's you trying to find out who this person is before uh, the authorities find out that it's you because then you'll get put in jail. So you're just kind of trying to figure out everything that's going on, trying to figure out um, who these people would like there's a ton of different people in this from the yakuza family to uh another real estate agent that have like somewhere like dark kind of um being to them they're very wealthy and they kind of pay money to get whatever they want and the main premise of this game from a gameplay perspective is different combat styles and uh, just beat them up mechanics with blocking and uh, grabbing and dodging kind of techniques. Have you picked up a motorcycle and hit somebody with it yet? Yes, yes, I have. Nice. So, okay. so that was that was one of the more fun aspects of the combat is when you finally learn a technique where you can pick up all these items and throw people, throw them at people, and and uh, basically pick up bicycles and signs and traffic cones and just beat people up with them. That when part you is, find out that Cosmic Kiryu actually has fucking supernatural abilities. Yeah. So that part is is really good, um, but. Overall, the combat was kind of lackluster for me, um, just because it's it's more of the same thing over and over again. And a lot of the times, honestly, and part of it is just me being bad at it, but like I would be in mid combo, and all the time these characters would just break my combo, and I'd be like, "How did you block that? Like while I'm beating you up, it makes no sense. I cannot block." while you have me in one of these type of combos that I'm doing, what is going on? And it would piss me off to no end. I had to do this weird style of combat where I kept dodging and weaving that I didn't enjoy. I wanted to do the fast punches one and just beat people up. Wasn't able to do it. It, it also becomes a little bit repetitive in as you're walking through the city, um, randomly just the same group of like three people will come and attack you over and over and over again as you're running through. Um, which is just random mobs. It's like either a Yakuza family, a bunch of goons, some teenagers, like whoever. It's just people who are like, hey, I'm going to beat you up for no random reason. So you just fight them. But as you're walking through, there's all these great little side quests and stories that are happening that just will randomly uh, start based on the location you go to. And they're, they're really like, they're very wacky in what they're doing. So one of the, the side quests, you randomly get to a place where this guy is like, oh, you're a producer for, for film. And he's like, no, I'm not. Uh, but they, they put you as one just because you have this menacing looking personality and you, they're like, oh, you'll be perfect for this. Just stand there and say a bunch of stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. You go through that quest, you finish it, and the person is like, oh, you did a good job, whatever, you're fine. And that was kind of it. I was like, okay, that was weird. But then the next one, that same guy, the director, was like, oh, you're the producer who worked on blah, blah, blah with me. I have this new project that's coming up. And it's literally um, Steven Spielberg uh, recording Michael Jackson's Thriller music video. But they just they change every one of the names, but make it super, super easy that if you're like, paying attention even in the slightest you'd be like okay this is clearly just them changing a few words it was steven spinning miracle johnson and they were <laughs> filming a video where zombies attacked him as he moonwalked backwards through an alley 
Okay. And so the whole okay. the whole point is you basically just being his bodyguard because Miracle Johnson decided that he needs to actually be attacked so it looks real in the film or the the music video. So you have to basically just attack all of these zombies that are trying to kill Miracle Johnson or basically Michael Jackson. I mean, it is-, is it even the same because you're fighting him? I mean, in Thriller, I don't remember seeing a beautiful man Punching the shit out of zombies, okay? I mean, that is true. I guess they are geniuses that came up with that all on their own. Yeah, dude. 100%. Um, Original idea. That's like 60% different. That's all it takes. Yeah. So there's like a lot of that. I'm really digging the the actual story to it, the little side quests. Like a lot of the conversations are, are to most point humorous or interesting. I just don't really care too much for the combat, so it didn't really pull me in as much as I would have wanted. Um, but I'm going to keep playing it just for the story, uh, and I'm just going to notch it down to easy mode so I could just beat people up and not really care about it too much. Do you think you're going to play any of the the other Yakuza games? Or, like, I, I mean, in a way, the spinoffs, like Judgment, or, like, I think it's Yakuza 7 that's coming out soon that has the turn-based combat? Yeah, so that's the one that I'm probably going to get the most into. Like, I'm going to play through this. Depending on, you know, how much of a slog the combat is for me, I might not play the others. But I'll definitely go to Yakuza 7 because it being, like, my main concern with this game was just I'm not really digging the combat it's just not for me but if you throw it into a turn-based version that's uh, a lot of the games that i play that's that kind of style of combat is what i'm looking for and if they have the same idea of you know the the witty banter the the ridiculous story sideline pieces i'm you know i'm all for it so i think i probably won't uh depending on how yakuza zero goes but um seven i'll definitely pick up Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of Xbox Game Pass, because this is on Xbox Game Pass, make sure you guys check them out. Yakuza. The, yeah. I think I think Zero and Kiwami specifically are on Xbox Game Pass. I'm not sure about the others. Uh, but the other game you've been playing is Indivisible by Lab Zero Games. Do you yeah. like it? Do you yeah, hate so it? What do you this, do? This one, uh, the, so it's kind of like the reverse. The, the combat, I really enjoy. I thought it was very different. But it's, you hate the rest of it? But the story of it is kind of meh, and I'm not really, like, the main character is kind of just awful. Like, I hate her so much. She's really? Just, Why? She's a brat, dude. She's the worst. Like, everything about her is just this hot-headed, like, I'm just going to do it my way and blah, 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 and, and like, never learns from it. And granted, I, I haven't finished the game. I'm, like, 10 hours in. But every single one of the different interactions from her, I'm always like, oh, I hate you so much. You're just, like, waiting for the moral of this story? Yeah, I'm basically <laughs> like, when are you going to learn and stop being a child? Like, but the actual... So to take a step back, uh, Indivisible is the story of Ajna, this annoying girl who's <laughs> part of this uh, tribe, the Ashwat village, I believe uh, is the name of it. And she's constantly training with her father uh, in combat. He's like sparring with her all the time. And so you start the game where you're late, you have to run over, you spar with your father for a little bit. Once again, your character gets hot headed and yells at him. He gets pissed off and he's like, I'm not doing this and leaves. He leaves. She tries to find him and apologize. And then all of a sudden he's dead. Um, because basically a bunch of bandits from this uh, this evil 
I forget what they called him. I can't remember the name, but basically this evil person is creating this army who's taking over a bunch of villages and looking for very powerful individuals. And so they ransack their whole village. And now Ajna is basically really pissed off at the guy who she finds that killed her father. She attacks him. And all of a sudden, while they're fighting, he gets, it's the weirdest thing. He basically gets transported into what's known as Ajna's inner realm. And it's basically like a a spiritual thing of him being trapped inside her head. And so he can't hit her. She can't hit him. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll take you to the person that you want to attack because he's just going to kill you anyway. And then I'll get, you know, rewarded for bringing you to him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And so it's just your adventure of finding revenge on this guy. Later on, the story does uh, deviate a little bit. I'm not going to go too far into that because I don't want to build out any spoilers or anything to that nature. But it's, it's her quest to find vengeance for her father is essentially the full story. Um, story-wise, that's fine. A uh, good story. It's just mostly that I hate that character, Ajna. Um, but the actual combat to it is pretty unique in that it's kind of like a turn-based RPG, similar to the earlier Final Fantasies, how they had, you know, turn-based but not because you would have like a bar that fills up with when you could attack. Um, maybe that isn't the early Final Fantasies, but I know like something like Chrono Trigger had that. Um... And so what happens is you have this bar that fills up with buttons. Each character, you can have four in your party at any given time, and they're mapped to a button on the controller. So if you're thinking of like an Xbox controller, X, B, A, Y, each character is one of those buttons. And each character, as they like wait for that bar to fill up, a button will fill and you can press that button and you can either attack by just pressing the button, you can attack that button and hold the up arrow, or you can, or I guess up on the, uh, the joystick. I don't know why I said up arrow. It's not a computer, um, down on the joystick and that attack button at the same time. And those will do different attacks. And you're basically trying to combo those attacks with your party members to kill the enemies who are attacking. And also then if they do attack before you get to, or you know after you're done, you can then block it and you can get a block which will take less damage or a perfect block clicking that button at the same exact time that they attack you to negate just about all of the damage. It's a little uh, confusing at first and kind of overwhelming, but it's really simple once you get into it. And then it kind of becomes a little repetitive down the road when you like find out that good combo with your characters and understand the idea behind it. But what the game does to counteract that is constantly throw a wave of different characters that you can play with. Every time you're playing through this game, every like 20 minutes or so, you're getting a new character who will join your party. And all of them, strangely enough, are going into Ajna's inner realm. They're all stuck in her head. It's all like a big inside joke, uh, no pun intended on that, of that everyone goes there and is always like, what is this? And whatever. It's really strange. I don't understand why that's a thing, but for some reason it is. Um, It's just one way that they write off the fact that you're only running around with that one character as opposed to a full party. But one of the things I didn't mention that I actually really enjoy about this game is it's a combination of that turn-based RPG, 
But when you're not doing that and you're actually exploring through the world, it becomes a platformer. So you essentially have to maneuver your way through a ton of different worlds. And as you're going to these different worlds, which you can backtrack uh, into, you're getting different items, you're getting different abilities, and these all very Metroidvania-esque style have you then coming back to an area and collecting power-ups to strengthen yourself or to um, basically just find new areas that you can go to to continue the story. So you get things like a pole vaulting um, spear that you can do a higher jump with. You get uh, a bow and arrow that you can blast walls with you can then turn your bow and arrow into this strange like um i forget what they call it but it's essentially wherever there's like spikes you can shoot this arrow at it and it'll make flowers on the wall so that you can actually jump off those spikes and it won't damage you so there's a ton of different things from a platforming perspective that they do really well based on the storyline of the game and based on the characters you're collecting i really enjoyed that aspect and i think that the combat was a unique strategy um the like I said, the story and the dialogue to it, kind of hit or miss. Um, but I'm having fun with it. This is one of those games where, you know, I've spent like a good 10, 11 hours in. I really want to get to the end of it and see how it goes. Yeah, I've been wanting to check it out for a while. I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I actually, I really like the art style and they put out that really awesome, like animated opening for it. I just, yeah. I haven't actually tried it, especially because it's like, a, I think it's like $40 if you yeah. want to buy it. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty high priced game for what you would think of as like an indie game. But um, it's on Xbox Game Pass, so that's pretty dope. It is on Xbox Game Pass. And even that being said, it is it is well worth it. There is a lot of, you know, uh, value to this in in just time sync, in the actual animation to this. Um, there is voice acting for just about every character. So like there's a lot of 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 reasons for this to be, you know, a higher priced, fully fledged game. Yeah, it's got much more production value than what you'd assume. Like, what what an indie game like that was ten dollars probably has way less production than than Indivisible. Yeah, and that's not to say that one is better than the other, but I oh, think yeah. it does make sense that there was a lot more work and you know actual people who needed to get paid, uh, as well as just the use of resources that had to be utilized for this, that it does make sense that it would be a higher priced uh, purchase. Okay. Speaking of money, for me, I'm playing a game called Mana Spark, uh, which is developed by Behemoth, I think is how you say it. It's, it's an, in all capitals, it's B-E-H-E-M-U-T-T. I think that means you have to scream it. No, I'm not just... Behemoth! <laughs> Fogs <laughs> and Kishimoto Studios, and I know for a fact my fiance like got home not too long ago, and she's like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> um, the reason I, I brought it. up money in this is actually because I bought Mana Spark. I'm not a hundred percent certain if it's still on sale, but I bought it on sale on the Nintendo Switch for a dollar. Yeah. Um, I see, it, I see it go on sale like every. Like it's on there so. frequently yeah like it especially i mean i've seen it on there for a dollar multiple times and yeah. i'm not i'm not sure if if it's like consistently been a dollar or if it just keeps going for a dollar nah. yeah it keeps it keeps going randomly because i'll see it every so often when it does go on sale and I'll always this is one of those games where i've always looked at it and been like i should get this but i just never do Okay, well, it's actually, it's really, really cool. So, since you started off a story, I'm going to start off a story. Um, the story of Manaspark is that you live in a world where <coughs> humans 
don't really contain much mana, uh, just like magical energy. They okay. can't really contain that much, so instead they like you'd use um, like magically imbued items and stuff like that. So that's where like certain currencies come in later. But um, so since humans can't contain that much mana, they're used as like a resource or like livestock. They're mostly just like used as slaves by different races like uh, goblins and just kind of like mystical races. Um, there was also like one of the bosses is called, uh, I think, the Knowledge, and he's it's just a beholder. If you know what that is from Dungeons and Dragons, it's that yeah, yeah it's the one with like all the eyes. It's like one big eye, and then it has tentacles with a bunch of small eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This isn't technically that because it doesn't have like eyes on it, but it does spawn like little tentacle eyes. It's really gross. Um, <laughs> but Mana Spark is really really interesting. So, um, you. What they would normally do is they would come, these like different magical races would come into human villages and either kill people or take them to be slaves. But instead, uh, something weird happens. These magical races come in and take specific people. And nobody knows why. So hmm. you're uh, part of a group of people who go in and try to find these people and find out why exactly they only took them. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. You first start out as a hunter, which is kind of just like a little boy with a bow. I mean, technically I imagine he's older, but, uh, it's actually, it's cool to see the, so I actually talked about this game when I went on, uh, active quest this week, but I played more since, and I've unlocked the second character who's a crossbow guard. Um, she's also really interesting, Hmm. but so, uh, playing as the hunter, you have a bow or a short bow, and it shoots really slowly, but you have, like, you have a little bit more health, and you can constantly roll. Whereas the second character that you unlock after beating the first boss, who is the knowledge, how I talked about before, um, once you unlock her, she shoots much faster, but does less damage with her crossbow, and she can dash constantly, but she can only have, she only has three charges, and they have to like they have to come back. So it's not like the hunter where you can just consistently roll. It, you have to kind of like stop and maneuver a little bit, and then you can dash again. So it's kind of like speed versus strength, mm-hmm. um, but both of them are ranged. Whereas later on, uh, I've seen it in like trailers. You get a melee like character, which I'm I'm really excited to eventually get to because I think it'll be really interesting. But Something that this game totes is that it has, like, really difficult combat. It's meant to be very precise, similar to Dark Souls, which I do enjoy at times. But (laughs) it can be pretty annoying, especially when, like, you don't know what will actually block projectiles and what projectiles will go through. So I've had Mm. it before where, like, I see a table and I'm like okay, this will probably go around a table, but then there's like a crate that it doesn't, it it like doesn't penetrate the crate. It's, I kind of just wish, so it's in this like top-down isometric view. I kind of wish that it had these like staple graphics that made it obvious that you can't shoot through this or can't shoot through that because there are times when I'm like, I honestly don't know if I can shoot you from here or (laughs) if you can hit me. So like, it, it's kind of all about maneuvering, but mm. you never know exactly what you can or can't do. 
Um, I also don't like the control scheme a whole lot. So you move around with like your two joysticks. I'm playing this on the Nintendo Switch, like I said, but um, you move around with your two joysticks. You fire your, uh, you aim with the right one, I believe, and you move with the left one. But you uh, you fire with, I believe it's RZ or um, just the R button, either one fires so it's like two buttons for one thing it's kind of weird but then if you want to roll it's l and your item that you're using your held item is lz but the way i would hold my nintendo switch if i'm playing like handheld is i would have my index fingers just supporting the screen and everything on basically where like rz and lz are so Mm -hmm. having to like reach up to constantly click l is kind of annoying and i've tried Maybe I'm just being an idiot about it like normal <laughs> things, but I cannot move these buttons, and it's so annoying. Weird. Be- because I just want to, like, re-graph it to just change those two buttons, and it'll be way easier. But right. sadly, I cannot. Um, so you go through the game. You collect multiple different types of currency. So runes you can use in your camp to get uh, permanent, like, rewards, getting new items, uh like unlocking bits of a bestiary which tell you uh different enemies like weak points and you can like buy food which actually gives you permanent buffs which i thought it gave you like uh just buffs for the one run but it's actually permanent you just have to have it slotted which you can always like switch it out for a different one so i have one right now that uh allows me to like enemies drop more coins which are used to purchase things when you're like out in the woods and out exploring and basically like when you're out crawling dungeons and then uh, runes are used to kind of upgrade your camp and stuff like that for the more permanent rewards. So I uh, so far, I really like this game. I've probably put a good like four to six hours into it. Um, yes. I, I am really, really enjoying it. I think the story is really interesting. I like the art style a lot, um, especially the animations of it are really, really cool. Like at the moment, I only have characters that can shoot projectiles, but... There's this really, really awesome, like, it's a very small detail, but when you shoot projectiles over water, it actually ripples the water, and you can see it as it travels, it, like, causes ripples, and it's very, very cool. Um, There are also some things, like, I always like it uh, when there's, like, environmental hazards, like, when you walk on water in this game, you actually walk slower, or, and this is kind of annoying, um, there is poison on the ground, but it just looks like water, but slightly green. So that's mm. kind of annoying. I mean, I imagine if there was a light in the area, it would be very obviously green. But yesterday I died because I didn't know that it was poison. It was the first time I had ever run into that. And it was like, it just looked, it was so dark in the room that I couldn't see that it was green instead of blue, basically. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the difficulty things just because, yeah. I mean, it's very similar with roguelikes where a lot of games in this genre are more, hey, you're going to have to just have a learning curve and you're going to suck early on. But the the main part of you getting strong is just knowing what to do and when to do uh, what you have to. So like the the difference of you don't know if you can shoot over something, it's probably part of their mindset where it's just those are the things where, you know, if you see a table... I could shoot over it. If it's a crate, nope, you can't. And you just have to learn that by 
basically screwing up. Yeah, you have to experiment constantly. So this yeah. is actually a roguelike dungeon crawler. So it makes sense. Like uh, every time you enter it, enter these like dungeons, it's a different like it's an overall different map, but roughly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, so every time I'd go in, there was two levels of the forest and then there was a room where you can tuck away your runes so that you can use them in your camp uh, versus losing them when you die. You can gain some different um, like upgrades and then you can also like sleep in a bed, which allows you to save to come back later. Um, but you just go back right there. It's not like you save and then you can go back to it kind of a thing. Gotcha. But then after that, there's the the first no after that you go into like two different um levels where it's kind of like a cathedral i guess it's more of like an indoors like possibly an underground level i think and then you fight a boss and then uh as far as i've gotten i've got one level past the boss which was super annoying because you kill the boss and you get a bunch of runes you'd think that based on like your like the pattern where it does two levels and then a room where you can like tuck stuff away, which is called the peculiar room. Um, you would think after the two levels in a boss fight, it would give you another room so that you could stow away all of these new runes that you got because it's not very easy to regain health in this game. Sometimes you'll kill like different animals that you can like pick up health, uh, from you. It's like meat, uh, basically, Mm -hmm. or you can have an item that replenishes your health, but for the most part, I've only found those two ways. Also, there are perks when you kill like multiple enemies, you can gain health. That's a pretty cool perk. It looks like a bat. It's awesome. Um, so but... is this, sorry to cut you off. Is this something like a, a roguelike where when you die, you have to just fully start over again from like the same point? Is there yeah. some type of progression? Like what? What does that look like? So you can spend your runes on like the permanent upgrades, but that's pretty much the only bit of progression that you get. Um, I beat the the knowledge boss fight yesterday, but I haven't gone, uh, I haven't gotten back to it yet to see if I don't have to go through that boss again. Gotcha. If I just like skip right past it, but I imagine that I will have to do it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't think I'll actually have to do it again because right afterwards you get the second character and she says that like she was frozen by the the knowledge. So I, I don't know why that would make me think oh. that so, you yeah, wouldn't so have there to. Is, there is story progression based on being yeah. these bosses. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it seems like that. So I'm I'm assuming that the, the story continues to progress, but you still have to go through each level leading up to it. So every time you go in, uh, you basically go through like one level, which is multiple rooms, and then you go down you go down a staircase, and then you go through the next level, which is again multiple rooms, you go down a staircase, then there's a peculiar room where you can gain new abilities and save, and then you go through like two more levels that are multiple rooms, and then after that was be when I fought the knowledge boss. So I did all three of those. I beat the two levels, fought the knowledge boss, and thought that I would go back into a peculiar room because I you get a lot of runes from beating a boss, but instead it just made me like it was another level. And that's where I died from poison. So I was super pissed because I was like, have all these runes that I could spend on like some cool stuff in my camp, but then I fucking died because I didn't know it was poison. So 
Damn. <laughs> so that kind of blew. But then uh, sometimes when you die, it gives you the choice to like revive yourself um, from the first level. But you get like you get one perk. Uh, it tells you what character you'll start out as, which I'm assuming if you have multiple characters unlocked at the time, uh, it will kind of like roll whether you're like the hunter or the uh, the crossbow guard or possibly like I'm assuming the last guy's a knight because that's what he looks like. But um mm-hmm. And then it also gives you an item, like a random item, which you can only hold one item, and that's super annoying because then you can't, like, hold a health potion and a bear trap or anything like that, so that kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> but I, I so far really enjoy it, especially for a dollar. I have easily gotten my, like, money's worth with this game, and if it's still a dollar, I would recommend everybody pick it up because it's a lot of fun. Um, it's one of the few, like, I don't like roguelikes a lot because, once again, I'm just really not that good at games, but it's, uh, it's difficult but not too difficult. Like, I, I probably went up against the knowledge, like, four or five times before I beat it because I just had to figure out its patterns, but once I did, it was super easy. Yep. That's common roguelikes for you. Yep, yep. I'm really hoping I won't have to fight it again, but if I have to, I don't think it'll be that hard. Um, Or maybe the boss will change and I'll gain the third character or something like that. That would be cool, but I doubt it. Um, We are super deep into this this episode, so how about we hop into the news? Our first news story is over on IGN. It is written by Chris Priestman, and it is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night cuts $5 million stretch goal four years after hitting it. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night won't be getting the roguelike dungeon mode that was promised after it was unlocked as a stretch goal during the Kickstarter campaign. And just to let you guys know, this is a really like long R. Actually, no, this one isn't that long. Um, I was thinking of a different one, but I might not read it all. So please come here, check this one out. It's a pretty well-written article and it's, it's really interesting, especially if you like to goof on this game. Um, (laughs) so in a Kickstarter update, the games director, Koji Igarashi, uh, said a roguelike mode will not be possible as the code that was created early in the game's development is not currently compatible with this type of gameplay, especially a procedurally generated castle. The roguelike dungeon mode was a $5 million stretch goal that was reached in June 2015 during the Bloodstains Kickstarter campaign. The motor... The motor... The mode would have used procedural generation to create a new castle for players to beat each time they played. Once you've explored its passages and defeated its boss, you'll you'll be given a code to enable you to share your randomly generated dungeon with a friend, um, reads the official description of the mode. Igarashi and his development team at PlayArt have apologized for not fulfilling the planned feature, but will be replacing it with a randomizer mode. Uh, Before starting a game, players can choose up to eight different game parameters to be randomized during the playthrough. The developer explains uh, players can choose to shuffle around items, chests, quests, shops, enemy drops, safe uh, save and warp rooms, crafting results, and which bosses are at the end of the game. Uh, Artplay says that there will be safeguards on certain items, uh, however, so that players don't encounter a situation which they are unable to complete the game. Which is actually kind of a funny story because that's the exact kind of shit that would happen that caused people to lose their saves was because 
they would need to like progress through the game by getting a certain item, but that item was in a chest that was then open. So they like didn't have like for some reason it was just open. It's kind of hilarious. Um <laughs> as uh as planned with the original roguelike mode, players will be able to generate a seed uh and a seed for each randomized run that can be shared with other players so so they can give it a go. Sorry, I was like mid burp. Um, <laughs> there will also be a timer that tracks your progression through each randomized castle and displays their finishing time at the end. Uh, the randomizer mode will be free to all Bloodstained players and will launch with the Zangetsu update, I believe is how you say that, uh, which makes the character Zangetsu playable, uh, through, or though there is no time frame on, yeah, when that one's going to come out. So how do you feel about this? How do you feel about them like now changing this? Is this just kind of another result of like them, like not really thinking, uh, thinking through their, what they were doing in Kickstarter? Like we've heard about this before, most famously, I think with like Platonic, how they said it was so hard to fulfill mm-hmm. all of the different like Kickstarter stretch goals and everything that they had for ukulele. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I think for some reason I feel like the ukulele one was more about the physical media, but maybe I'm thinking yeah, of something I, else. I think they said it was actually just really hard to produce it, but I was kind of just talking about the, like the promises they made, not yeah. understanding yeah, 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 how hard yeah. it would be. I, I think there's a little bit of, of uh, you know, both sides to this. So I, this is one of those uh, articles and I know we goof, uh, on these guys a lot, um, or this team a lot, but to be honest, this is one of those things where if you're in a, a studio and you're working on something, even if you do design something in a way where you have these, these stretch goals, I think it's easy to focus on things incrementally and to say like, we're going to worry about the roguelite mode later and to focus on the game which they needed to get out and then to come back and see like oh we've put this in a way that it doesn't make sense because i think it is it is pretty crazy to create a roguelike mode out of a game that's already existing to just to turn those into you know something that exists like that because i it's there's a little bit of an element where a roguelike game is very different from a story-driven game in a Metroidvania in in a few ways. And one of those is definitely the fact that, you know, a lot of the time roguelikes are very set on a lot of the things that they're doing, which is this randomizer section of having items that you're not too sure of, having variants of bosses, having different mechanics that you'll get at very specific times. I think that what they're doing honestly makes a lot of sense, and I think it's a good... Uh, it's a good backup for not delivering, but still trying to give something that's similar in that sense. Um, I think that there's so much that goes into working on projects and developing uh, in general that it's easy to find out down the road that something doesn't work. And at the cost of trying to rebuild the entire system or the framework of this game, I think adding just the randomizer for now makes sense. I mean, I know there's the whole like, oh, you had people pay a lot of money. That's that's a huge amount that you got for that specific goal. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, that all of that money wasn't specifically for that part. Like, there was a specific chunk that was extra for that stretch goal. You still got everything else in the game. If that was the 
only reason that you wanted this game? That seems kind of unlikely because that's a weird subset of what this game entails. And I understand that you would be upset that it's not in there, but like they're still putting in that randomizer section and still adding elements to it to try and appease that. I think it would make sense for them to just create a secondary game that has that roguelike mode later on. Um, now, if they were to do something like that, I think it would make sense to appease those people who had bought it and to be like, hey, we're giving you a copy for free kind of a thing. But obviously, I don't know if that's where the team would ever go. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with this one because, like, people thought that they might just... And I, I believe that I actually said this, that they, like, I, I thought that they might just abandon the Nintendo Switch version, but they haven't. They've, like, upgraded it. They've made it supposedly, uh, like, comparable. Supposedly. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Supposedly comparable with the other consoles, but then they also say that they're still working on it, trying to, like... Uh, basically just trying to like smooth out some different transitions and animations and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's completely out of the realm of possibility that later down the road, they try to focus a little bit more on this and like mm -hmm. possibly like remedy it, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I doubt anything real comes from this. I do think it's cool though, that they like, uh, it definitely would have been kind of like, especially with what's happened with this game already, um, and it right. having kind of like this bad publicity, but they could have just said that they weren't including it and not said anything about the randomizer, like not giving you anything in replacement, but in a way they're, they're kind of doing something nice by doing that. Yeah. Um, I so, mean, you could see it from both angles, right? You know, yeah. Like there's there's a little bit of like, well, you should have just done it right in the first place. But I mean, at least they are giving something back for yeah. those who pushed. At least you're getting something. It's kind of like, it's like, okay, it's not exactly what we wanted, but I guess I'll take it kind of a thing. Like, yeah, that sounds bad, but it is still cool that they're putting something in there to make it like a little bit more replayable. I'm also wondering though, because it says, like, what boss is at the end of the game. Do you have to replay through the entire game with these parameters? Because that's, I mean... I mean, I, I assume this would be a totally fresh start. You would be doing, like, a new game or a new game plus kind of thing. Yeah, it's just so weird. <laughs> that that would be so odd, especially because I think that this, like, this is hours long. This, like, right. Metroidvania. So, I don't know. Turning that into, like, a randomized thing is so weird. Um, yeah, I mean, well, that was kind of my my main point with this being a roguelike is it, it's not the same. Like changing a, a game entirely to a different genre is like not something that you often see in this kind of context, which I, I thought it was weird anyway, um, because, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the fans were expecting when they put their money in because I didn't really know anything about this Kickstarter at the time. And I also don't really care too much about it in general um from just like the actual game specifically but what exactly would be different from something like a randomizer you know what i mean like what 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 exactly was that promise of roguelike was it just they said roguelike because if so that's i mean they're adding roguelike elements to it they could have just said like this was it yeah, they could have just, like, put it out and said that was the roguelike mode. Right. But they were being like, honest about it instead. 
Yeah, well. I mean, honesty. you kind of just have to give them credit for that, though. Like, honesty is kind of hard to come by nowadays. So it's yeah. nice that they were actually like, hey, we fucked up. We kind of like, it was a wishful thinking scenario where we thought we could do more than we actually could, and we can't. Yeah. And I think it also just goes to show, like, with Kickstarter, you know, there's a lot of great stories that come out of it. There's a lot of stories of, you know, promises that aren't always fulfilled. And that's just how Kickstarters are. Like, it's not, they're not giving you a complete contract of we are always going to work on this. Like, you're donating money in a, in a Kickstarter. You're not actually paying for that specific service that you're getting. It's just more of you putting that money into a pot and them saying, oh, thanks for the donation. We'll give you this gift. Yeah, like nothing is a guarantee with Kickstarters, not even necessarily the product exactly. that you're paying for. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of no guarantees, let's hop on to our next news story. This is over on IGN. It's written by Joseph Noop, and this is by far the longest fucking title I've ever seen. I swear to God, this has to be like some sort of satire. I'm telling you. <laughs> This is the long dark developer asks NVIDIA to take game off GeForce Now saying companies didn't ask permission uh, to host it on their service. Holy you shit. Know, you know what's good about this, though, is you could literally not read the article and you'd know exactly what everything says. Oh, yeah, 100%. I don't even need to read the article now. <laughs> <laughs> it got everything across. But I'm going to read some of it. I believe this one is actually the longer one. So I'm only going to read some of it, not all of it, because other bits are like, it kind of, uh, I'll just, I'll get to that when I get to it. Uh, so Raphael Von, uh, I'm going to say Leaper, maybe? It's L-I-E, uh, oh, Lerop, maybe. I, I still don't know. Uh, the director of popular survival game The Long Dark has a bone to pick with NVIDIA's GeForce Now game streaming service. Uh, in a post shared on Sunday, uh, Lerop said that the studio had asked NVIDIA to take The Long Dark off of their service, saying the graphics card and technology company did not ask permission to host the game. Uh, the matter calls into question what rights a game company may have when a service like GeForce Now uh, aims to sell access to their product. Uh, sorry to those who are disappointed. You can no longer play hashtag the long dark on GeForce Now. Uh, Leaper tweeted. Lee Rob, fuck, dude. This guy's name is getting me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nvidia <Close> didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nvidia didn't ask for our permission to put the game on this platform, so we asked them to remove it. Uh, please, ta please take your complaints to them, not us. Devs should. Devs should control where their games exist. Uh, Librop followed up with a statement saying that NVIDIA offered us a free graphics card as an apology, so maybe they'll offer you one, uh, you the same thing, though it's not entirely clear if he meant the comment in jest or was serious. Do you think they mean, like, it's not entirely clear that they offered the team themselves a graphics card or that they'd offer you one? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Because that would be so hilarious if NVIDIA was like, oh, sorry, dude, we fucked up. Like, we'll just, you know what? We'll give you, we'll give you a free graphics card. Why not? <laughs> that's, that's what we're asking for. That's just such, if that actually happened, that's just such a funny trade. I don't know why. <laughs> 
Uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now is a game streaming service. Okay, nobody really needs to know that one. It's basically just a game streaming service where you can take your game library from, I believe, uh, just Steam, as far as I know right now, and play it on the go on different, like, items. So, like, on your laptop. I think you can also maybe play it on your phone. Yeah, I'm not sure about the phone part, but it's basically... It's basically you've already bought these games, so they're in your Steam library, you've purchased the game, and what they do is they have them on their cloud server, the specific games that they allow, and all they do is check that you have an active license for that game so that you've purchased it, and if you have, they then allow you to use their service to stream that specific game. So in in a sense, it's just for people who have uh you know lower end computers that want to play those newer games that their computers just can't handle yeah yeah so it kind of like i it kind of like uh makes it to where you don't always have to worry about i guess upgrading your pc specs in yeah, a way so it's the same so it's the same concept of something like a, a stadia or an x cloud but the difference is it's not a, a service that you're paying for for their collection of games it's just a service you're paying for so that you can play whatever games that you've already purchased that are part of that model so it's it's a little different in that sense um it's kind of weird uh just because you are paying like a five dollar a month subscription for this but you know at at the end of the day you don't have to buy a thousand dollar whatever you know crazy expensive rig to play some of the newer model games that you could play off of your whatever computer that you have now so like there's there's definitely pros to this um which makes it interesting because this is one of those things where it's in a weird place from this service because they're not really like they're not really doing anything that would warrant the long dark developers getting a cut of this. You know, they're they're already getting someone to buy their game and if they bought the game then they can play it. So, I understand the concept of like you should probably talk to people and let them know that you're going to put them on your cloud server, but like there's nothing that they're charging specifically for uh that game like no amount of that money for that game specifically is going to nvidia it's all just based on the person using their service and that individual will have to buy their game and give them just the exact same amount of money that they would have to if they were playing it on a more high-end computer um so I like I could see it from their like their idea that like hey you didn't say anything we didn't uh, agree to this maybe they want some percentage of of that $5 fee which i think is kind of you know asking for a little bit much cuz they're already pushing the person to buy the game i think that this is something where the companies just should work more in tandem to kind of be like hey you know there's people out there who might not be able to play your game and this is giving you an avenue of having a bigger market because people with shitty computers can still play your game but um, I guess this was just more one of those things where they were like, we. I mean, they might not even really know too much about it, which, I mean, the GeForce Now thing has been out for a while and it's really not marketed or talked about for the most part. Um, but like, I, I don't really know. Personally, I'm just kind of rambling right now, but I, I think it's a little weird that this is even an issue. 
I mean, the weirdest part about this is that this isn't the first time this has happened with this streaming service. Um, Activision Blizzard recently also asked them to remove their games off of there. But that is kind of... That's kind of different because people are assuming that Activision Blizzard are probably going to, like, develop a service like that for their games Mm -hmm. because they already have, like, uh, Battle.net and everything like that versus this is, like, a smaller, uh, like, I don't think this team is, like, gonna, I think they're called Play Art or Art Play. I think it was just up here. No, Art Play is uh, the... Symphony of the Night developers, I'm pretty sure. Oh, shit. No, yeah, I totally fucked that up. Whatever. The the developers of this, uh, like... Hinterland Studio. Yeah, they're... The, I, I doubt they're making, like, a stream... Oh, it's literally right there. I yeah, should have yeah. just read it. There you go. It's all good. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> it, it seems like this isn't um, the same kind of a scenario as Activision Blizzard. Instead, it seems like the developers might just be pissed that they didn't ask. Like, yeah. it, it seems like they're just... They kind of like stepped on the developer's toes by not saying anything about it. Like uh, Lee Rop reiterated that NVIDIA had never formally signed any deal with the developer of Hinterland Studio to like put their game on here. So they understand that you already have this in your library, but this developer believes that they should be the ones who determine where the game is able to be played. So it seems like they're just annoyed that they didn't ask them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because otherwise, I mean, they're not really losing anything for this happening. They're Technically, they could have gained more people to buy their game. But Yeah, this one's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, speaking of some so weird shit, and I, this one's especially odd. Um, I'll get into that one after I read this bit, but seriously, it's odd. Uh, so <laughs> this one is also over on IGN. It is written by Joe Scrabbles. Uh, it is Plague Inc. removed from sale in China. Uh, Plague Inc. has been removed from sale in China at the instruction of the Chinese government just weeks after the game skyrocketed in popularity in the country following the outbreak of coronavirus, because I'm not going to I'm not gonna read COVID-19. This well, you just did. Yeah, I did. I know. I don't I don't know why I did it. Um in a statement on the developer's website, a spokesperson wrote, "We have some very sad news to share with our Chinese or China-based players. Uh we've just been informed that Plague Inc including a con or includes content that is illegal in China as determined by the Cyberspace Administration, which I have to say that totally sounds made up." <laughs> the cyberspace administration of china i don't know why i feel like it's because of the like that old like children's cartoon called cyber chase and mm. now cyberspace anytime that's included it just sounds made up <laughs> i don't know why it, it did i mean i did read that and think like that is kind of like a little bit strange of a name but it's fucking weird it's like space force it just sounds yeah. weird <laughs> Uh, and has been removed from the China App Store. The situation is completely out of control. Uh, it's unclear whether this move has been taken in response to the game's success following the coronavirus's outbreak, uh, which originated in China. Uh, Nademic, who are the developers of this game, uh, has said it's working to reverse the decision by contacting the Cyberspace Administration of China to understand its reasoning. So... I have to ask you a question with this one. There are people who believe 
that China themselves created the coronavirus to thin their own population. Yep. Do you think that people are going to see this story and think that this lends credence to their like their conspiracy theory of what's going on? Maybe. Like possibly mean, China, China doesn't want it. you to know how diseases spread, so they yeah. they don't want any way that people could possibly like combat it. I mean, and that's, that's just I'm I'm not saying that's pretty, exactly what's happening. That's just me speculating as to what people might think. That's a pretty wild accusation, but I mean, you'd be I'm fucking sure, surprised. I'm sure if you just brought it up, then someone else might have that thought. Yeah, yeah, there are no original ideas, so there's probably somewhere under there, like, Alex Jones is sitting in his studio being like, they created it, and now they're trying to keep people from knowing. That's also assuming that Alex Jones knows shit about plaguing, so, I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) What do you think about this story, though, just, like, China taking this, basically just removing this game, which has seemingly been, like, for sale for quite a while, but now it has, like, illegal contents. Yeah, I mean, I think it is just in lieu of, you know, the the events. They're just trying to get rid of something that that harps on the actual virus itself that's like an actual epidemic in their country. Um, that being said, I don't see why that even matters. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand why that's like their, their top priority right now of like... Well, a lot of people are dying. Guess you better ban this video game that talks about it. Like, yeah, they like don't yeah. want to be made fun of, basically. Maybe I don't know, and you know, I, I don't know why China does what China does, but it does seem a little strange in general that there's people that even care, so to speak. Like, I'm surprised that's a big deal at all. Yeah, it is a little weird. I'm surprised any of this happened. I, I mean, it's not like in China, it's not crazy for them to just basically say something's illegal and not allow it within like just not allow it in china like facebook i think it was either google or facebook specifically had to make like a a certain new product to be used in china because they wouldn't allow the just the standard version i think it was i think it was google but i can't remember specifically but i don't remember yeah, just crazy shit happening over in China. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> speaking about right. some crazy stuff, let's hop in to one of our last few news stories over on GameSpot. This written by James O'Connor, and it is Shovel Knight Artist is sure that a direct sequel will happen eventually. Uh, the original Shovel Knight saga from Yacht Club Games wrapped in 2019 with Shovel Knight King of Cards, the game's final expansion. Uh, two spinoffs have been planned with Shovel Knight Dig and the Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, both in the works, uh, but fans might be curious about whether a direct sequel will ever follow. Shovel Knight 2 has not been announced or confirmed, but a member of the game's development team believes it will happen. Speaking to DualShockers, Yacht Club Games artist Sandy Gordman, or, yeah, Gordon, not Gordman, Gordon, (laughs) uh, says (laughs) that we have definitely not seen the end of Shovel Knight. Um, Asked whether this means there will be a sequel, uh, he says... That he is sure that'll happen at some point is something we talked about a lot uh, or talk about a lot. Gordon also says uh, that the studio is looking forward to the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, although they're not ready to discuss any games they might be working on for these systems. 
So are you are you excited about the possibility of a, a like a direct sequel to Shovel Knight, or were you kind of like were you okay with them putting this on the back burner and just having different developers work on it? I'd I'd rather see this get put away for a little bit. I, like we kind of talked about this last time. I, I think it makes sense to to give it some time, just because there's been so much back to back Shovel Knight. Even though you know there's those pieces are more more or less spin-offs because all of the treasure trove is a lot of the same game but with different characters and different abilities and how you traverse through the world with those different abilities at the same time that does feel like a shovel knight one two three and four you know what i mean so i'd i'd rather them put this to rest for a little bit and then come back and take a new stab at it i'd love to see something kind of like a mega man mega man x approach where they you know refine a lot of things but add new techniques or abilities that really change up the core mechanic to the game but it's one of those things where i'd still rather see some time in between that and when the sequel comes out yeah same i feel like uh... If they do release a sequel so soon after, like, you've had all the Shovel Knight for years. You had Spectre mm-hmm. of Torment. You had uh, Plague, uh, I think it's Plague of Shadows. Uh, you had King of Cards. You had just the standard DLCs for, like, Shovel Knight. And then you're also getting Shovel Knight Dig and Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Like, this is a lot of Shovel Knight. And I feel like if you release a sequel now, you're getting dangerously close to, like, just flooding the market with your title and like people will just get sick of playing it or mm-hmm. like possibly get sick of like i i don't know just get sick of the world because they've just seen too much like they they haven't had the time to kind of like want it anymore right mm-hmm. it's like if all you ever got to eat was candy then like just like <laughs> like randomly you had a small spurt where you didn't get to eat candy it's possible that you want to eat it again like you know what i mean that was the worst yeah, analogy i mean ever, I, I guess so <laughs> <laughs> that was the dumbest analogy i've probably had that's definitely not the dumbest i've ever said but uh, you mean, get what i'm getting at yeah yeah i got you I you're got picking you. up what i'm putting down mm-hmm. good enough for me <laughs> uh our last news story is over on twinfinite this one i'm not even gonna read the headline i don't give a shit about this story i just want to talk about tem tem's roadmap so this is quite a long roadmap it goes from winter 2020 to about summer 2021 um as far as i've seen it includes things like uh a second mythical Temtem, um console ports Endgame Islands, uh, cosmetic stores, uh, PvP. It says draft PvP, so I'm not 100% sure what that is. But like a Nuzlocke game mode. What do you think about these uh, like these additions to Temtem coming within the next year? I think they're like they're really gonna give Pokemon a run for their money. I think um, this series, or not really series, but this title. If they, you know, stick to this roadmap and they actually are, you know, truthful to these different features and these different expansions that they're talking about, they're going to start having quite a game. Um, there's already a good amount of content just in the the early access version of it, but adding a lot of these different, you know, new Temtems, new islands, daily and weekly quests, having a cosmetic store, 
I don't Hold know what an arcade up. bar is. I don't mean is. to like throw you off, but I have to read this. In summer 2020, climbing gear is coming in. Does that mean all those fucking obstacles that you have to have fucking climbing gear for? They, you can't even get it? <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll have to wait and see. I fucking hate this game now. This is bullshit. Oh, shit. Well, that, that's what I that get for playing quickly. an early access game. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, early access is great, but it does ruin how you think of the game when it is finished uh, quite a few times. That's happened to me anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I think this is really cool. I think they're being very smart about the way they're doing this. I like the transparency. Um, many of the things, uh, although I don't know what certain ones are, like I said, the arcade bar, I have no idea, but many of these things are, you know, on the money, I feel like for what they need to be doing, which is just giving you that slow iteration of here's some new monsters, here's a new area, here's some new features. And over time, they're going to have, you know, a fully fledged competitive, not really competitive, but a, a competitor to a Pokemon full fledged title. Um, Especially I since they're this... planning console ports in spring 2021. Like, this is almost yeah. less than a year, and they're already planning console ports. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's actually really cool. Um, once again, we didn't end up playing 1010 together, so I have yet to jump into it <laughs> since the alpha. Um, but one day we'll play together i don't know maybe not it seems to be a meme almost this us. was like the only time in my life i've ever been busy in a weekend uh -huh. was like this weekend and i guess like this upcoming weekend i'm also busy like i was totally gonna oh, play see. with you i see how it is I and see then how it is. <laughs> i was totally gonna play with you and then it was like my friends wanted me to come over and have drinks and it was like okay i already knew about that but then they asked me to be on active quest and i was like ah sure i help you guys out and i also yeah. have this editing job that i'm also doing so it's just a lot of shit going on big boy this is a yeah, lot i of felt stuff. bad I felt bad because I told the Active Quest people that I couldn't do it. And I was like, this is the second time in a row where I was like, oh, this isn't a good week for me. Oh, I was actually kind of curious about that because Chris said he was going to like ask Josh too, or he was yeah, going to yeah, reach yeah. out to Josh too, but I thought he meant his Josh. No, no. He reached out to me and I was like, yeah, this is not a good week for me. Oh. kind of sucked. Yeah, cause it, which would have been weird because it would have been just us and Josh yeah did you hear okay he didn't have it on the podcast but before we did the podcast he asked me to host because he didn't think he's good at it That's hilarious. and i was like oh, you man, want you me know? to host your podcast when you're on it that is silly <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll do it next time josh i'll be the actual josh that hosts <laughs> uh so let's take a little break and when we come back we are gonna hop into news cramp Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cram, 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 cram. Shit, that was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod, an indie games podcast, cram me full of all sorts of indie games news. This week cram we bring... me. <laughs> 
This week in Newscram, we have uh, two quick news stories for you before we hop in to some new stuff. Our first quick news story today comes by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that Shovel Knight Dig finally has a release window, yet sadly, it's set for sometime in 2021. And okay. lastly, that upcoming Metroidvania Cyber Shadow by Mechan- or, yeah, Mechanical Head Studios is going to have amiibo functionality with the Shovel Knight set. Uh, each of the four characters, not counting the Golden Shovel Knight amiibo, will summon a small sprite in-game. Uh, so I say not counting that one. I, I believe it has the same, like... It's the same as the other Shovel Knight, just gold. But I guess it's possible that within the game, you'll get a gold Shovel Knight-like sprite. I, I'm not 100% certain. No idea. But it would be kind of lame if they didn't have him uh, as one of the things that you could get because there was so much of a hype for the gold Shovel Knight amiibo. That's true, but I also don't think that, like, in Shovel Knight Treasure Trove... It, I don't know, maybe it does have a different functionality in Treasure Trove than the normal Shovel Knight Amiibo. I'm not 100% certain, honestly. I'd have to check it out. Uh, Now it's time for some new stuff. Our first item in new stuff comes by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that Graffiti Sims Sludge Life by uh, Terry Vellman and... Dose One, maybe? It's D-O-S-E-1. Just, I don't know. Yeah, uh, dose one. We'll sure. be releasing uh, on the Nintendo Switch and PC via the Epic Game Store sometime this spring. Uh, now crazy. over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that roguelike action game Curse of the Dead Gods by Past Tech Games is officially getting a console port sometime at a later date. Uh, and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's recorded that Endless Frogger game, and that's what they called it. I, I don't know what to call that game. Uh, Crossy Road Castle by Hipster Whale is out now on Apple Arcade as of the time of this recording. So, Big Josh Boy, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh Boy hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites, finds something awesome for us to talk about, and we do just that. How do you say this Kickstarter's name? I believe it is Nekojishi. God damn it. I hate that you, like, you do it so quickly and you do it with such confidence that even if you just fuck that up, I would never know. But me, I'm like, Nekojishi. <laughs> it's all about confidence. You just got to say it loud and proud. And then, you know, if you're wrong, someone will correct you. If not, they'll just assume you're right. <laughs> Uh, so this is Nekojishi, Lin and Partners, an adventure uh, torn between Taiwanese folklore, animal spirit guys, and property development coming to Nintendo Switch, PC, and Mac. Uh, this team is looking for $50,443. At the time of this recording, they have $45,733 with 26 days left to go and 529 backers. To get in on the ground floor and actually get the game, it's going to be... Uh, ripled price of 19 dollars mm-hmm. it kind of threw me off that it has like pledge s dollar 25 or more and yeah. i didn't realize that that s dollar is apparently like a currency sign so yeah. it is 19 dollars us to get on the ground floor of this game so what do you think about nico jishi big josh uh it's super strange um 
it's basically you as this uh i, I kind of like the the animations that like the actual art style to it though it's it's very anime-ish. it's very cutesy it's like chibi um you're this little tiny chibi guy who's running around um you know nothing about apparently architecture and yet now you're uh forced to learn it and and go about that um so it's you kind of, at least what it seems, uh, building out these different houses with these weird animal spirits that you're meeting. But then there's also this secondary part of it where you're doing debate combats for the different people that you're trying to talk to to convince, which it, it was so strange watching this, at least for me, because I, I watched the first part of it and I didn't see anything about the combat debate thing. And so I'm watching the video and I'm like, okay, so he's just being an architect and it's going to be, you know, putting things in a house in different areas and it's going to be you, you know, actually conversing with the characters and that'll be most of the gameplay. And then halfway through, they're just like, here's a card battling system. And I was like, whoa, what? What is this? Yeah, that one's pretty crazy. I was pretty surprised when I had that. I did not. This is one of the ones where I like already kind of picked it because I was like, ah, yeah, let's talk about this. And then I was watching the video as I was putting the link into the the actual notes for this episode. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Why is this even here? (laughs) I love that you're trying to pass this off like you didn't know there was cards in this game. I swear I did not. (laughs) It was one of those things that caught me by surprise. And it's honestly one of those things that I really like the idea. But based on what was shown in the video, it does not look good. Um, yeah, it looked like a lot of the cards were just the same, just the same. And I think it's just because they're demoing this and it was just like to give an idea, but it does not model very well in your trailer because it just looked like it was the same card over and over again. And, and it, it says in the description, like the combat for these debates is going to be you picking up clues of things that you talk to with people throughout. And then you can debate them like after you kind of investigate but all of the cards just said educated guess and i was like uh okay is there anything other than that like what is what are these attacks that you have so i i don't know i think it's honestly what we said before is it's just a bad demo of it because they're just you know still flushing out the system they're still just putting that as an example of like this is what it will look like this is how combat will kind of work just to give you a visual aspect of what you're buying into but um, that part seemed kind of strangely shoehorned into this game. I don't know how much it makes sense. And, and maybe, you know, as I like if I get my hands on this game and I actually play it, maybe it would make sense to have that debate part. But it seems really uh, just kind of added in as a secondary piece that I don't know if it's necessary. Um, but the gameplay to it seems kind of cool. You're just you know if you like chibi art style if you like a bunch of animal dude spirits if you're into that kind of thing like this might be for you um i don't know the story didn't really catch my eye at all um but i'm sure there's an audience who this is for because <laughs> i mean it's it's getting a lot of money it's they're already at like forty five thousand dollars, so they're pretty close to their goal 
So to give a little context for anybody who hasn't checked this out now, but I will tweet it out. Don't you guys worry. Um, you take the reins at Lynn and Partners Architecture LLP, an architecture firm specializing in the restoration of haunted locations and solving the problems of the beast men spirits dwelling within them. As Lynn and Partner grows, a larger company looms near. Uh, Liao, the others must uncover their motives and uh, ideals for tradition in modern society yeah so this game looks really really cool actually i i also agree that the like the card system seems kind of shoehorned in but i do like the concept of you're battling not actually being fighting that you're mm. like you you're you're doing everything passively like you're yeah. you're not fighting spirits you just happen to have the ability to see spirits and instead of like trying to be a dick and force them out of everything you're just you convince them that they need to leave or possibly move on i think that's really really cool yeah no i think i think it's really interesting uh, especially if they do implement more of a system based on like you talking to this character and if you talk to them in certain dialogues or find certain things around that location you'll have new attacks or different things to basically have that you know more well-rounded debate so that you can better uh better have your way with that conversation based on you snooping and finding that information out in the game i think that's really clever um and if they go that route i think that's uh something that will be very unique in its combat play um but it really depends on how they implement it Something else that I think is really, really cool that we talked about way back when, when uh, we had Errol Moss on the podcast. Ooh, long time ago. Yeah, the Mon guy himself, um, or the Mon man, that's what he, that's what he calls himself. The Mon man. Is that what he calls himself? The Mon uh, he, man? He said it at least once. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're making this shit up. He said, the, uh, he, he said how dare we talk about uh, a monster taming game without the Mon man himself on our podcast. That's, uh. that's what he said once. But uh, he brought up the fact that like we often see games nowadays that are based in like um, like the Renaissance with like the Assassin's Creed games or mm. uh, something in like recently Norse mythology has become really popular or Egyptian mythology, but we don't get to see a whole lot of different like mythologies or cultures. Whereas this game is based on Taiwanese folklore. And I think that's so, so cool because I don't know anything about Taiwan. So yeah. I'm excited to kind of like, I, I don't know how deep this game is going to be into the like the culture and the mythology and folklore of Taiwan, but anything to learn about it is pretty dope. Like this this game looks pretty damn cool. And mm -hmm. I'm very excited to kind of like step out of my wheelhouse, I guess. Mm. and actually learn something so um i also have to say i love the character designs they look so cool like these buff ass tigers and like <laughs> and uh like i i don't know like a an ox wearing just a two-piece suit i think that's so cool like these these characters are just so interestingly designed like mm -hmm. they're they're obviously like uh these anthropomorphized like animals but they're also wearing like business attire which is so cute i i just i really like a lot about this game with the exception I mean, of what the fuck is this kifa wuon oh he's a sea dragon that's what yeah. he is okay okay, okay acceptable <laughs> i get it that's yeah. cool 
I mean, that's why I picked this one. I knew you liked uh, all those animal boys. I do. I really like like animal designs. I think they look really, really cool. I also have to say, like, one of the coolest things about this is the I and this is something I've talked about in games like um, Don't Give Up. I really liked it in that as well, um, where you have this kind of like chibi aesthetic within mm-hmm. the game itself. But then when people try to converse, it actually pulls up this much more like uh this this much more intense and realistic drawing of the person instead of just having like the chibi lookalike talk i think that's so so cool it's it's really interesting and it's kind of like how in uh xenoblade chronicles 2 you could actually go in um I, i don't know if you played it but with every new um Fuck, I think they're called blades. With every new blade you get, you could go in and actually see these like artistic uh, renditions of that blade. I think that's so cool. And you basically get like little glimpses of that constantly within this game whenever characters speak. And I like that a lot. Is there a reason that was ex- like explained in this Kickstarter why every character is a dude? No, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know about that either because, I mean, I think there might be some women in this, but they also only have beast men. Yeah, I don't see any women. Yes, I honestly didn't even think about that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just scrolling through and I'm seeing all the characters and it's all guy, animal, guy, animal, guy, animal. I, I mean, yeah, it's that's kind of weird. I didn't even think about that. I mean, we're I guess we're assuming they might be men, but they might not be. I mean, yeah, technically they're tigers so whatever (laughs) yeah so are you uh possibly gonna back this game what do you think nope nope hard hard no for me uh i mean i think if this sounded appealing to you i say go for it it looks pretty cool i definitely agree with you from an art perspective i really enjoy the chibi look to it i think a story perspective once they give you a little bit more i think it could be interesting as to what the point of all this is um they do say that the story trailer is coming soon. I don't know when that is. Um, and I'd love to see more on how that debate combat works. Um, but until I see more like information on that, I'm not really persuaded for me personally. Um, but I know that there's definitely an audience for this. Uh, I will say, and this is kind of the last thing I want to touch on, is that if you guys are a fan of physical rewards, this game offers a lot of really yeah. cool ones. It has the standard, like, posters and postcards, but then it also has these really dope, like, 16-bit enamel pins, and then it has this dope-ass crystal statue. It's awesome looking. Um <laughs> So if you guys are fans of physical rewards, check out this game. It's got some really, really cool ones. I personally am not... I I also don't think I'll back this game right now, but I am interested to to maybe pick it up when it comes out. Um, I don't know. It's it's so weird, like, backing it now versus picking it up. In the long run, it doesn't really mean anything. Like, I guess if I back it now, I just might get it cheaper. That's probably the only, like, big difference between the two. So if you guys <laughs> if you guys do like this game, pick it up for cheap on Kickstarter, I guess, yeah. when it actually comes one of, out. One of my favorite things about this is it's it's so useless, but I think it's funny. One of the tiers allows you to uh, create something known as Leo's spam mail. So the main character, uh, you basically have, if you hit a specific tier, you're able to create just a spam email that in the game, the the player will be able to read. <laughs> 
And I think that is actually included on multiple tiers. Yeah. That's like, right. I think that's so Holy funny shit. just because you could just write the weirdest thing. It does say based on their approval though. Cause like they don't want something really, you know, egregious, but I still think it's funny that you could do that where it would make like literally no sense, but just create something for spam mail. They don't want this guy getting spammed with fuck book ads. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so let's wind down this podcast with our random questions. We've got a bunch of them today, and man, are they wordy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sam Fillion writes in uh, and says, I, I, will, I do have to say I had a conversation with Sam on Twitter um, in our DMs because I had, like, spoken about how I still didn't know whether or not Sam was, uh, like, a boy or a girl. He put up that picture, and I yeah. was like, oh, now I know. <laughs> and then he... I, he changed his picture, and I was like, I wonder if I had anything to do with that, if he changed Maybe. his picture specifically so, like, people would know, I guess, or so I would have proof or some shit like that. Uh, <laughs> so Sam writes Maybe. in and says, wakes up to loud noises, looks out the window, holy shit, alien invasion, you grab a weapon, what weapon is it? So many alien movies, later you decide that you know what to do, at least that's what you think. What do you do and where do you go? That's the first part of his question. And then he also has other stuff. Yeah. So first, what's part, your weapon? Where, what do you do? Where do you go? Uh, definitely the flamethrower. Um, I like how this kind of assumes that you just have a flamethrower. Like, I know that's, around. that's one of the things I was thinking about. Cause I, I was like, when I saw this question, I looked up random guns that have been shown in the alien movies. And I was like, okay, there's just, I would never have anything other than like access to maybe a handgun. Uh, but I, like I don't carry weapons or have any weapons anyway, so I, I'd basically be screwed if there was an alien invasion. Um, but if I just did have, for some reason, an armory outside, uh, I'd probably pick up my flamethrower because uh, it looks pretty badass. Although it would be very hot and it would be like real sweaty, but those aliens don't like fire. You know what I'm saying? It burns <laughs> be all their- real sweaty. Be real sweaty, man. I like how the world is being invaded by aliens, and you're just like, that'd be real sweaty. I mean, if I'm gonna die, I don't want to be also, uh, you know, you don't want to have swamp ass when you go to heaven, yeah, exactly. Because you have to stay like that forever. Oh my god, (laughs) as to where I go, I have no idea. I'd probably probably get killed so quickly in an invasion of some sort like that. I mean, it also kind of defends, d- defends, defends, depends. I'm trying to defend myself. <laughs> it depends on the kind of alien invasion. So this is like, uh, like a day the earth stood still scenario. I think I would just walk outside and die. Like it has fucking nanites that melt steel. I'm not going to be able to fuck with that. But then there's mm. like, um, but how do you know, you know? You can't yeah. just know. What there's like a bunch of different is. things. I, I don't really know. Um, so my weapon I'm going to be realistic and just say I have multiple knives. I don't own any guns, Mm -hmm. but I would probably just take my bedside knife. Yes, I have a knife on my Mm -hmm. bedside table because I'm a psychopath. And like I said, I'm very afraid of home invasions. So You never know when you need to cut an apple. Yeah, I'm I'm not using it for that. My fiance sometimes (laughs) uses my knives to cut like apples and shit. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> you gotta keep using them, you know, and then sharpen them after. You don't want to just let them stay dormant. You gotta, gotta, gotta keep them going, you know. Jesus, if you, uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. So, right? what do you do, and where do you go? I honestly don't have answers to those questions, just because I don't know what kind of alien invasion it is. If mm. it's like, uh, if it, if I, I guess, 
if it's just, hey, there's fucking aliens, this is like signs, I'm not too worried about the aliens from signs. I'll stab the shit out of an alien from signs, okay? So I would go and just get my parents, get like my family all together. You know what's so weird is that like in all these alien movies and in all like, so like Cloverfield, for instance, mm-hmm. instead of worrying about his family, he goes for his girlfriend. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, in all of these alien and, like, zombie movies, they rarely worry about their family, and instead they worry about their closest friends. And it's like, I mean, does everyone just fucking hate their family? <laughs> I mean, maybe their family is far away. What are they going to do? That's true. My, my family live... lives less than 30 minutes away, so it wouldn't be yeah, that so hard. <laughs> not everyone has that luxury, so... So, yes, I would probably go get my family. My brother owns a bunch of guns, so I guess that would also oh, help see, me there you go. with All my right. lack of weaponry. Um, right. Let's move on. him on the podcast, I see. Yeah, my brother's a gun nut. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Sam's next question is also, uh, what indie game character would you spawn to help you out? Or whatever help you would need. Uh, he would call up his bro, the traveler from no man's sky so he could bring up and bring us up into space in his cool plasma shooting spaceship and build us a cool neighborhood on a new planet sam loves ships <laughs> dude space is fucking cool okay so <laughs> i'm not blaming sam here so he chose the traveler who would you pick right. well it depends if i'm real hungry i'd pick super meat boy and i just make a burger um out of his then- meat yeah, why not, man? It's He's also like despair. he he's just a boy without skin. Like uh, as far as you know, he's a human and you want nah, to eat him. Nah, super burger boy. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh my god. It. Don't think too much. And then if not, I'd uh, pick the main character from Spelunky cuz uh, at the end of the game that guy gets loaded, you know what I'm saying? And I could just use some of that uh that gold. That's a good point. Yeah, and he also just like fuck shit up. He can use pretty mm-hmm. much anything as a weapon. Yeah. Even yeah. other people. So Yeah, it's true. You could just uh, throw me right at the enemies. This is kinda hard. Like what indie game character would I spawn? Hmm. I think I might spawn like the bard from Wonder Song. Just mm. because like somehow he always tricks people into loving him even those who don't want to, and he solves all his problems with song. So I feel like he might be able to incapacitate these aliens with song, and then so we just saying, fuck them up, dude. I just stab the shit out of them. Like, uh, so what you're I'm, saying is you want an indie pod musical episode. Huh? I huh? fucking hate musicals. That's huh? not at all huh? what I'm saying. Huh? Huh? I would yeah, rather kill it. myself. I would let's cancel this podcast before I did a, a fucking indie musical pod. episode. <laughs> I hate musicals so much. It's just because I, I hate sing talking. It's oh, so man, annoying. I'm gonna I'm gonna write us a, a script, uh, a whole a whole play to go along with the new episode. The only It'll musical I honestly like is Doctor Horrible's Sing Along Blog. I love that shit. I've that's, actually never watched that. That's my jam. Really? I to. Yeah. I, when it was a big thing, I was like, oh, I need to see that, and I just never got around to it. Yeah, it's got Nathan Fillion, uh, Felicia Day, um. I'm trying to Neil Patrick Harris. It's got a bunch oh, of like of big people in it. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, but just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get around to Chris Penwell's question. He nice asks, transition. If you could make a game from any company mascot, 
who slash what would you choose? Also, Von's a monster for hating pineapples on pizza. Dude, Agreed. Agreed. You guys are a nope. bunch of Agreed. freaks, okay? No, I, I, I'm sorry, your mic cut out. What? I, I can't hear you. Did you see the other day just... he told me to just go back to eating potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I mean, that's all you eat over there, right? I eat a shitload of potatoes. I got to be honest. I, I do. I eat a lot. It's the it's the food of your people. <laughs> yeah, I live in Idaho, so naturally. But seriously, like I have to say, potatoes are probably one of my favorite foods. Cause like I potatoes, mean, potatoes are... are real good. Like let's not kid. All right, okay, it's, it's here's funny the thing. From there, but still, a potato is a starch, which basically uh-huh. just means that it's like it's a salty like vegetable altogether. And then it also mm. like it's never gonna have hard spots that make me feel uncomfortable so i never have to worry about like possibly throwing up from eating a potato and you can make it in so many interesting ways okay so really the moral of this story is that potatoes are awesome and pineapples suck all right so what uh company mascot would you do so are you telling me that you would want potatoes on your pizza I don't think that would be bad if I'm being honest. That sounds actually pretty decent. I know there are like pizzas that have like I guess potato slices on it. Yeah. So what about what about potatoes and pineapples? You know, just both worlds come together. That's just fucked up. I don't know why you do that to mm-hmm. me. I'm gonna. Oh man. Why I, are you shoehorning I your wish, pineapple into my life? I wish there was a way that I could. I need to find your address and I'm just going <laughs> to send you random like Domino's pizzas with, I'm going to be like, put potatoes and pineapples on this. It'd be so send- funny. Like you don't even pay for the pizza. You just <laughs> yeah, order <exactly>. pizza. <laughs> and they're like, we have your uh, pineapple and potato pizza. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And they're just like, that'll be $15, please. Not including oh. tip. And I'm like, you think I'm going to pay for this monstrosity? Oh, what what deliciousness! <laughs> uh, that's so funny. I don't know if that would be good though. <laughs> that sounds like... fucking terrible. Yeah, I I might have to agree with you with on, on this one, but I don't know. I've never tried it. You know, don't knock it till you've tried it. Also, though, I have to ask you: Have All you right. ever just gotten like pineapple on pizza, or are you always ca- eating Canadian bacon and pineapple? Uh, I mean, hmm. I've had it before where it was just pineapple. I'm fine with either. But, I mean, I definitely enjoy having the ham and pineapple uh, yeah, more. Yeah, I feel like you guys really just like ham on your pizza, and you're equating it with pineapple. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying no, to give you guys an I, out here to no, stop being there psychopaths. there is no out. There is no out because it's delicious and you're wrong. <laughs> okay, so... We anyway. got a company mascot. What game would you make and who would you choose? Or so either he- or. He didn't specify what company, just any company out there. So Same. when we when we were talking about this earlier, and I'm gonna stick with it, uh, I would like a Jake from State Farm video game. What kind of game would you make? Would this be a platformer? Would he be oh, the for new sure. Mario? For sure, it would be a platformer. It'd be a platformer, and it would basically be him trying to. I guess it would be something like him trying to give out money for people who are getting into accidents and you'd have to like avoid the, the random accidents. And what would bosses be in this? I guess the bosses could be like, I don't know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to workshop this one. Um, but it'd basically be like all of the different, uh, like it would, I'd basically put levels based on all of the different commercials that they've done so far. So one where they were doing the acts of kindness one, one where they're doing like, 
the weird person yelling uh, at someone at three in the morning because he's talking to Jake from State Farm and his wife is getting mad. Like there's another one where he, <laughs> there's another one where he's like part of the bachelor and he like has to tell, like give someone the bad news and like console them about the fact that someone didn't choose them. Like, like weird stuff like that somewhere that, that I could possibly implement that, but it would be basic structure of platformer. So for me, have you ever seen those those insurance cur- commercials called The General? Oh, come to the... Uh, I can't remember the jingle, but yes, I love I it. I forget and what then, it is. It's like, come to The General and save, general some time. save some time. But I, I don't... See, I'm having an issue also with that first part. But here's the thing. I would like this to be a game about The General where you just have to force insurance policies on unassuming bystanders. <laughs> so... Because these ads are so fucking egregious, they just won't leave me alone. I swear I mean, to God. I do love how uh, it's the general, and for some reason, Shaq is always with him now. Yeah, what is up with that? And, like, I don't know. they always mix in these live-action people with the shittiest fucking, like, animation for the general, and he's always in a Corvette. <laughs> Or you know what? Let's bring back fucking J.G. Wentworth. How about we make like... Oh, yes! (laughs) We make basically the same game, but with J.G. Wentworth, where Uh, you're just accosting like random people on the street. You're just throwing money at people. Yeah. It's my money, and I need it now. (laughs) So yeah, that answers your question. I would either do something with J.G. Wentworth or the general, I guess. I don't know. Would uh, would Papa John, like, would he be considered the mascot of Papa you know, John's? It's funny that you say that because that was one of the first things that popped in my head. And I was like, that's an awful idea. <laughs> I immediately just pushed that away. You know what? I would I would make a Papa John's game uh, where you just make just good pizza. Of- you just can't oh. make pineapple. Like, that's the, that's the one thing. Kind of like that uh, Lilo and Stitch game where you're just trying to make really big sandwiches with one of the uh, additional experiments. You know, one of Stitch's cousins or brothers where you're just trying to make a big sandwich and avoid the goo. Um, so this would be no idea making pizzas about. but just trying to avoid the pineapple. No, man. No, no. That sounds awful. No one will buy that. <laughs> it was a Flash game, so nobody has to buy it. Uh, oh, Joseph Yaden writes in and says, when are you going to a convention so AQ and IndiePod can get together? Mm. Yep, got to be ActivePod. Yeah, yeah. Got to get that ActivePod. So we would love to go to a convention, but here's the thing. We have to pay for it and have time off of work and everything. We aren't like cool people who get invited to conventions yeah we're uh we're pretty unknown <laughs> yeah at at this point in time maybe we'll get bigger maybe now that we change the name of the podcast and it's not so annoying to say and or spell <laughs> maybe people will find us more often uh but know. until that day happens maybe we won't go into any conventions there's actually something we're planning for later on in the year that might lead to conventions and convention talk but uh well, we'll come. Uh, we'll we'll go across that bridge when we get there. However, you're supposed to say that. <laughs> Close enough. We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Uh, Chase That's Hopkins. That's not how you say that. And it says, "You have to know one." He specifically said this. You have to know one because he didn't want us like just copping out and saying we didn't want to know. You have to know one. Would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? 
And it is unavoidable. If you know when you're going to die, you will die in that year. If I try to kill myself before that, I will not die. I will mm-hmm. be on like life support until the year that I'm supposed to die. Mm-hmm. All right. And or the uh, same thing with how are you going to die? No matter what you do, like you could eliminate all steel beams on Earth. Somehow you'd still get crushed by a steel beam. Sounds about right. I would definitely pick knowing how I'm going to die. Why though? Because, Why would you want to know how you die? Oh, for sure I'd rather know that than knowing when I'm going to die. Knowing when I'm going to die puts an like you have that ticking time bomb on yourself and you constantly think about that. And you could think of that you in wouldn't two different like ways. constantly think no. like if you found out that you were going to die by thumbtacks, you wouldn't constantly think about how you're going to die by thumbtacks. No, because then I could just avoid them and eventually it'll happen. It's going to happen. Just like you said, it's it has to happen. But knowing when I'm going to die would mean that I have that timeline of just being like, this is it. I constantly have to think about that. I know there's that that ticking down of my life. It's It's one of those things where it's not as big of a deal when you don't know because, you know, eventually people die. It's just how life works. And you just play it out until then and you live your life and you enjoy it. But having the pressure of knowing that there's a deadline of essentially you turning in the project of your life makes it super, super stressful, at least for me. From my angle on it, I would not want to know. I'd rather it just be an instant, like it just happens and it happens kind of a thing. I don't want to know when I would die. I'd rather just find out like, oh, Josh, you're going to die in your sleep or Josh, you're going to get hit by a car or whatever it is. And then at least I'd know and I'd be like, all right, well, that could happen tomorrow. That could happen when I'm 99. Who knows? I'll just live my life and continue not caring. Yeah, I would kind of rather just want to know when. I would I would like to know <laughs> when I'm going to die. One, because um, I wouldn't want to stress out the rest of my life trying to avoid anything. Like, I... J- just knowing that I was going to die, I feel like would also be kind of a motivator to get everything done in my life that I want to kind of a thing. Plus, you could like prepare for it in a way like you could like set up your own funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could technically do that now as well. Ah, like, but that's bullshit. Like you got to set funeral dates and everything. I'd be like, cool, I'm going to die in 20 days. I'm going to set up my fucking funeral. I'm going to make sure that nobody has to do that shit for me because that's that's the most fucked up thing is that when you die. I, like your family has to like set up your funeral for you well, and they have to you pay for your set funeral it up costs. beforehand well that's also what insurance is for life insurance is it is that what it's mm. for that's a good portion of it yeah life insurance is generally because the other person can't handle like expenses without you but that is a cost that goes into it that you would not be able to handle so a portion of that can go to the actual funeral Man, I'm glad you're an adult and know these things because I, I never would have got it. But yeah, I would still like I mean, to know could, when. I mean, it's just money. It could go wherever you want. You could also just burn the body and be like, well, thanks, Dad. And then just, you know, okay. like, just have that money. How weird do you think it is that they have specific laws on how to dispose of bodies? I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. You don't well, want no, people it absolutely just dumping makes them in sense. the alley. But okay, no, it makes sense to have some way of disposal. But, like, it's illegal to burn you on a pyre. Mm, Why mm, do you care mm. if I burn myself on a pyre? Uh, I don't know, because it'll, it'll get, you know, 
ashes everywhere and people don't like that i don't know man it's gonna be a mild inconvenience to the people around you yeah man i don't that's gotta smell awful like you're really gonna screw with people in the vicinity it smells like burnt nutsack this is really depressing (laughs) i mean i'd be pretty depressed (laughs) oh my god so i hope that answers your question i would rather know when he would rather know how see i just I couldn't deal with how because I'd constantly worry. Like if it was like, you'll die by car horn. (laughs) I would be so worried constantly that the next car horn I hear, like my heart just gives out. Like, I feel like in a sense, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I would find out how I'm going to die. And I would inadvertently put myself into the situation where I die. Whereas when I'm going to die, I just know I'm going to die in like a couple of years. Like nah. I already know I'm probably going to die before I'm 40. Cause I'm a little fat piece of shit, but like, <sighs> yeah, man, there's, there's lots of fat people out there that live way past 40. You'll be fine. <laughs> But that's the end of this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast. If you guys like the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at IndiePod. Super easy to find, especially now. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at Hyde Legion. You can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. Keep an eye out for our tweets. Uh, we put out the question tweet every Monday. I try to remind you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays to send in your questions. You can also email us your questions at IndieIncursionPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and make sure you also keep an eye on our Twitter because I will, if I get my sample in and the t-shirt looks good, I will be sending out links to our merch. So nice. keep, uh, keep an eye on that one because I personally think it looks pretty cool. I like it a lot. Dope. So that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye fam. I fucked it up again. I said guys again. Damn it. <laughs>